Happy New Year, everyone. (laughs) I hope everyone is having a beautiful first start of the year. Um, Mine, it's very good. You know what I mean? No need to complain every day that God wakes me up. It's always a good day, and I'm grateful every day, and I'm very thankful. Today, I would like to discuss, it's just my truth, and I'm sure somewhere along the way, either one of your family members have went through it, maybe you've went through it, or someone in your community went through it, or you heard of it, like even on the internet, even on YouTube, because this is something that needs to be addressed. And sometimes it's like swept under the rugs. And what I'm talking about is public humiliation, public humiliation, and it's like public judgment. And what do I mean by that? It's like the community comes against one individual or they have like a few people that whatever they are publicly judging them for. It's like basically something a person is insecure for or something that they have no control over. It could be their teeth. It could be their body. It could be the way they look. It just anything that they find that they want to ridicule a person for to try to make them feel bad and put them in low vibrational energy. These are the things sometimes that plague certain communities. Well, I know so much about public judgment is because I am a victim of it, a victim of public judgment in my community. I live in Inglewood, California. And when did I know that I was being judged? It started back in 2018. It was the summer of 2018, June 26, as a matter of fact, 2018. That's when I started noticing strange things around me. And um, I didn't have anyone to talk to. And it made me feel almost as if maybe I was like tripping. Maybe as if I (laughs) could have been losing my mind. When they put public humiliation on you and public judgment is placed on you in the community and a person tries to stand up for themselves, the community goes against you. And sometimes it may even consist of your close friends, your neighbors, family people, and even people that are in higher places. Yeah, I mean like people that are like working like in city hall, people that work in the police department, people that work all over and it's like you're being publicly judged But at the same time, they don't want you to know. It's supposed to be a secret and it's supposed to be something that actually to humiliate you, put you in low vibrational states. But at the same time, it's doing more harm to an individual than it is hurting them. And sometimes people don't know how to escape from the the judgment that has been placed upon them. They don't know how to handle handle it and it'll put them like in very low vibrational energy and when you hear people killing themselves like adults men and women like hanging themselves shooting themselves it's really real and it's really painful because these people don't have anyone to talk to um it only it not only in the community that people live in it happens sometimes in the workplace it can happen in school it can happen online it can happen like it's like a group thing and people get together and come against one person to make one person feel less than and they everything they just make this person instead of like if you can't come up for us with a solution and you want to go against a person for something that you feel they should be publicly judged on, doesn't that make you kind of like in a place where somebody can judge you if you're sitting back and you think you're better than the person and people coming up and sometimes, a lot of times, they don't even know this individual and they get together and they lie 
And even if it's the truth, they'll add on lies. They make it seem like this person's crazy. And it's nothing and no one that really will believe these people. And how they get you, sometimes they ask the ones that are closer to you. It could be someone like you're in a relationship with or you have been in a relationship with. It could even be your husband or wife that does you like that. It could be someone in your church that does you like that. It could be someone of your co-workers. It could be your next door neighbor that does you like that. And why do they do it? Sometimes they get paid. They get compensated for lying on you or they get compensated on stalking you. It's called like they, they're, they're actually like trying to make you feel uncomfortable, make you feel like like you have to hold your head down and you have to walk in shame and like you don't deserve to like hold your head up and like be the man and woman that God intended you to be or just walk in decency and it really has to stop not only does public humiliation affect adults you have heard a lot of times like on Facebook and you hear it online like little girls and little boys and they deserve to go to school and and be treated kindly. No child should have to go to school and be made to feel like because something is wrong with them or you think that something is wrong with them, maybe you don't like their hair, maybe you don't like the color of their skin, maybe you don't like their outfits, maybe they're poor and they can't afford clothes and you sit back and you try to talk about them. And these kids, they get harassed every day. They're talking, they're picking on them. These kids go through a living hell and God knows no one's child should ever have to go through that. And you hear about these children committing suicide. That's when it really started bothering me when I started hearing of children killing themselves over being publicly humiliated. And these are children doing this. And for me, I'm really thinking, where does a child learn how to be so critical of another child? It has to start in the home, because I know it just can't start where this child just comes to school with all this toxicity inside of them, and they feel like they want to pick on a child because, hey, maybe they don't like the shoes the child has on. Whatever you feel like you want to judge a person on, you th- this is what they do, and it's not, it's not fair. I mean... That person is already insecure about whatever it is you're trying to make them more insecure about. And all it does, it makes most people slip off into a deeper depression. It makes them go in very low vibrational energy. And it makes them so depressed and they don't know where to go. They don't know who to talk to because most of the time people are not listening. You know, they're like, it just goes in one ear, comes out of the other. And these kids, especially when it comes to kids getting publicly humiliated, they go and they sit back and these babies, they, 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 they're dying on the inside because it almost feels like it kills you. It puts like a crippling effect inside of you. And how I know is because it happened to me. I dealt with it and I'm still dealing with it partially, but I overcame it. When I first went through it, I couldn't believe that I was being publicly humiliated. I don't care what a person does we have no right as human beings to sit back and place judgments upon each other and to make each other feel less than and a group of people come against you and they place all these things and they put more insecurities inside of you so if you could imagine that it tears an adult apart only God knows what that child is going through because a child cannot process the way that adult can when they're getting humiliated and they're getting talked about. And then you hear about these children killing themselves because they feel that it's no other way out. It sinks them down in a very, very dark place. This is what humiliation is designed to do. Now, some of the times these children that are going to school and they're, 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 creating these toxic environments and like just placing all this toxicity upon kids that they feel deserve it. 
if no one stops it and the parents are not aware that they have a toxic child and to try to get them help, well, I encourage that a parent gets a child help. If you have children like that, if you know someone like that, encourage that person to take their children to therapy to find out what's going on to make them lash out and to hurt someone else. Because we are not responsible for how we look. We're not responsible for things that we lack. We are only who we can be because we didn't make ourselves. We are created by God and God alone. And no one has a right to sit back and to just keep on just 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 trying to put a person off into a deep, deep, dark, dark depression. And they think it's funny because they see a person like sitting back depressed. They're getting a kick out of it. Or they sit back and they tell lies um, to make a person just seem like they're just basically batshit crazy. And um, when a lot of people come against a person like that, it's kind of hard for an individual to feel like they have a support system because no one, nine times out of 10, no one believes them. Well, how I got in public humiliation, it was from my relationship. I was going, I was, my ex, his name is Kevin. And I lived with Kevin. And me and Kevin, you know, it started getting a little toxic. Kevin was going out cheating on me. I never cheated on him. And I never made him feel bad for cheating. Well, one day it got so toxic. The only thing, and I'm going to keep it real because I don't sugarcoat anything that I talk about. I never cheated on Kevin when we lived together. I never, I never looked at another man. I respected him. I waited on Kevin hand and feet. How many women actually sit back when they, when their dude comes in, he's out all night. I don't know, working and he probably was out doing his thing too. I never said, you're cheating on me. I gave him a hug. I made him feel like the man that he is, the king in my life. And I would take off his shoes and socks. I would wash his feet. I would make uh, a, um, you know, a foot tub of water and I would literally wash his feet and I would dry them off and I would lotion them down and put them on some clean socks. I would make his breakfast and after he got through eating, I would wipe his hands and literally wipe his mouth. You know what I mean? And I, I did everything and not being like really, really personal, but there was one time I even washed the man's underwear, 10 pair of his underwear on my hand, literally on my hand, his underwear and I hung them out. How many people do that? I'm just asking you. I love that man so much until I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure that he was happy because he was paying the bills. He paid my bills. He took care of me and I appreciated everything he did. And that's how I took care of him. So the only thing I never told him is like, I had an addiction at the time I was doing, um, cocaine and I would go over my, um, I was my husband's house. We were separated at the time. And I would go over there because I didn't want to bring that embarrassment to where I lived at to Kevin because I loved him. And if I knew what I knew now, I would have told him the truth and I would have never um, stayed out the house and try to cover up my addiction that I was going through at the time. If I knew everything would lead up to the public humiliation in which I had to endure. Well, when that happened to me, he got tired and I guess maybe he met someone else. And he told me on one particular day that he didn't love me. He wasn't in love with me and I wasn't his type. And that crushed me. It did something to me. I would have rather, and I'm keeping it real. I just want to keep it real. I would have rather for Kevin to just screw me like I was a one night stand and just send me on about my business. Or another example, I caught him cheating at a motel room and 
I knocked on the door and he closed it. He pushed me out and he come running downstairs. I'm trying to get him my Mustang at the time. He came down beating on the windows like it was me cheating and he was cheating on me. And I caught him and he was embarrassed. So you know what he did to me? I was trying to hurry up and pack my clothes and leave. You know what I mean? Because I just... After that, it was over. You cheated on me and you did me like this and I'm giving you my heart. And you walk off and you just just stomp over my heart and you can just do this to me. Well, you know, I'm gone. You ain't got to say no more. So, but before I could get my clothes out of the house, he came home and he pulled the gun to my head like as if I was the one cheating, right? I, um... His mother had came in the room because mother lived there with him. You know, he took care of me and his mother. So the mother came in the room. She heard him because he was so angry. Sometimes Kevin could get explosive, but he was such a sweetheart. He was my twin flame. You know what I mean? And we'll talk about that on a, another episode of what twin flames and soulmates are. But right now I'm just trying to elaborate on to give you like a history on how what led me to the process of this um being gang stalked. So he pulled a gun on my head and his mother said no Kevin and I told his mother because I'm always even protecting him. Kevin even if he was like explosive I'm like it's okay Tony. It's okay we got it. And this man had a gun on me, but I was calm because I could calm him down. So I let him get off whatever he wanted to be. You know, he was explosive with the gun on me or whatever, but I'm just calming him down. I knew, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, I was about the only one that could calm him down like that when he went there. So he pulled the gun down from my head at that time. He put it up. I was trying to get my clothes and he threw them all around the, the room. I mean, just went on a real, real, just, just acted just really, really, I couldn't even explain. It was like a scene in a movie, the way he acted. Okay. It was very volatile. So a couple of weeks after that, he told me again that he wasn't in love with me. And that particular day, I was in my emotions. I probably was drinking on that day. I was drinking. And, um... What I did, and I know two wrongs don't make a right, but I felt like my heart was about to explode because I gave this man my everything. So that's why I was kind of sharing the things that I did for him. I love the man so much. If I seen a bullet, someone trying to shoot at him, I would have threw him out the way and I would have took that bullet for him. That's how much I was in love with Kevin Jeffers. I loved that man. I loved him. And I don't care what anyone says. I gave him all that I had inside of me and what he did he didn't even hold the fact that uh I was staying out and I was lying I never cheated on him but I lied about you know I had that a little that addiction at the time what he held against me was the fact when he told me and it was so volatile and what he did he put my twisted my hand behind my 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 back after he told me he wasn't in love with me that was like the straw that broke the camel's back so anyway I got in my car got in that Mustang and I'm hurrying I went we lived in Hawthorne at the time I drove from the city of Hawthorne to Inglewood California and I went and I told um, one of the tech one of the detectives at the Inglewood Police Department um, of what went on and they knew of him he was known in the community they was like slim it's like yeah they knew him okay he was a well like a known drug dealer he was a drug dealer so what I did, because I was so hurt, and I know I was wrong for doing that, but my heart was so broken, and I wanted him to hurt like I did, but that wasn't the right thing to do. That was very wrong, and it was unhealthy, and I would have never wanted Kevin to go to jail. That would have just broke my heart. And I understand that it doesn't make it right that he's poisoning the community, selling drugs in the community. You know what I mean? But at the same time, that was his livelihood. It was taking care of my bills, his bills, his mother's bills. And, you know, sometimes you have to do what you can to survive. Sometimes, you know, it's just either you sink or you swim. And that's what it's basically 
that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Sometimes if you, if that's the opportunity that you're given, a person has to do that art. Basically, you'll be home, you'll be, you'll be homeless, you'll be hungry, and you'll be without. But I understand that it's not the most professional skill, and it's not a good a good thing for anyone, especially when it's bringing poison in a community, and it's causing problems in people's lives. You understand what I'm saying? And um. I went and I told the police that he was selling drugs where they could find him at when he goes to Inglewood. And I couldn't live with it, what I'd done. So the next day when I came, I, I came back and I went up and I spoke with that detective at Inglewood Police Department. And I told him, I said, well, I want to drop the charges. He said, are you sure? He said, you know, once you once you did it, because then I told Kevin, matter of fact, I told Kevin what I'd done. I waited maybe about two days and it was just bothering me. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't, I couldn't get it together. I mean, I just, I don't know what overcame me to do something like that to him, but I regret it even to this day because if they would have found out and and they would have found him and investigated and found out that he was selling drugs, that man could have went to jail and did a lifetime sentence because of my foolish mistake. And his job was already risky enough in doing what he did. So I told him what I did. He started crying. I started crying that I went and I basically snitched on him. And that was very wrong. Because you don't do someone that you love like that, even if they tell you they hate you, even if they tell you you the worst bitch in the world, or you the worst man in the world, and excuse my French, I'm just being real. You don't retaliate and do wrong for wrong. And that's what I did. And it hurts me to this day. And I learned from that. And, um... I told him what I'd done, and he went and told his mother, and he told his sister, and what they'd done was they basically held it against me. His mother got mad. Why would you do that? Why, why, why did you do that to him? And you know that he's taking care of us. Why would you do that? I said, I'm sorry. I, I broke down, and I started crying, and basically, um, he forgave me. But his mother and them, his mother and whoever talked to him, they basically put it in his head that I didn't love him and that I could have, it's true, he could have went to jail because of me. But they just kept on like, you know how you pick out a sore? And if you keep picking at the sore, you're going to pick the scab or whatever, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to hurt even more. So they just kept picking at his wound, picking at his wound, picking at his wound from what I did to him. And he couldn't take it no more, and it pushed him more further away from me. So eventually, I lived with him, so eventually he got tired of me. And he just wanted me to move out totally, and I became homeless after that. And this was in 2018 that it happened. It was April, March, March 2018, he put me out. And I became homeless. I had to sleep in my car for a little while because he took care of me. And, um... That was one of the most painful days because I didn't think Kevin would do that to me. But his mother just kept on picking and picking and picking and picking and picking and picking and picking. Even though he loved me, he loves his mother and he wanted to stay loyal to her as a son. So he told me I had to go. So I I moved out. I didn't want to go. But what am I going to do when the damage was already done, right? So I'm thinking that we were over. It was no more us. I go on about my business. 
and I hook up with this guy that I, I had known for a couple of years. So to make a long story short, me and him got together. We went on a vacation and he ended up having a heart attack on me and he died while holding my hand. I was holding his hand and he died on a boat while we were in uh, on Lake Mead, Nevada. We were in Boulder, Nevada and we were on Lake Mead. So he had a, um, a massive heart attack. And when I got back, I was so devastated because I never had anyone to die while I'm holding, holding their hand. I never s- experienced that before. I had literally, I had a nervous breakdown from it. I couldn't process it. I couldn't cope. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether I was going to come in because me and him had just got in a relationship and I know it was, it was kind of quick. It was, no, it, it was May. May, it was the Memorial Day weekend. Reggie had died from a heart attack. So this happened in May 2018 when Reggie had this heart attack and I had a nervous breakdown. So when I get back, lo and behold, I try to call Kevin. I know we broke up, but I mean, I didn't have nobody to talk to. And Kevin, you know, me and him, that was my best friend. I would talk to him about everything. You know, me and him could lay up in the bed like two friends because he was me. He was me. I was him. You know what I mean? That was my twin flame. I could talk to him about anything. So I didn't know he was really carrying this this poison around inside of him, this toxicity. Instead of telling me, I hate you, don't call me. He listened a little bit. He hung up on my face. And I kept calling him back because I couldn't believe that Kevin was treating me like this. I'm like, wow, is this really him doing me like this? But it was. And lo and behold, his mother and them kept on picking the sore and really, really turned him all the way against me. Like I was the worst, excuse my French, I was the worst bitch in the world. And it was nobody more horrible. I was the most horrible woman that ever came in his his life. And I probably, to him, I was probably the most horrible person that walked planet Earth. Okay? This is the way that they start feeding these seeds to him. And it, and it grew. It kept growing and growing and growing and growing inside of him until Kevin started really having a hate for me. And how I knew Kevin hated me was one time I was homeless. Well, I was homeless at the time, too, because after Reggie died, I was getting it together. But when Reggie died, it put me right back in a in a hard place. So um, I went by Detail D. He's a friend of um, Kevin's just to sit because, you know, I didn't have nothing to do and nothing sexual because I've never would disrespect Kevin like that and be sucking and doing nothing nasty on his friends because that's not what I do. You know what I mean? And I'm not judging nobody if they did it, but I, I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? I respected myself and I respected Kevin too much and I still loved him. And to this day, I still love him, even though we're not together, you know? And, um, because that's real love and that's all I know how to give. And that's all I, what I give is real love. I may get angry and I've been working on that. And we're going to talk about that on another episode as well. Anger, you know, I've been working on that and it's a daily, daily process. And I learned how to channel my anger in a different way in which I don't do things in which I have to regret after I do something. You know how you do something and you're like a child. You don't think about it. You do it. And then after that, you're like, damn, why did I do that? Now you're regretting. You're going around, you're regretting it. And you're like, basically, what what made me do that? It was the anger and you didn't know how to harness it. And that was me. That's what led me to do what I did when I went down there and I made that report against Kevin to the drug detectives in Inglewood Police Department. But I went down there. They removed it and everything. But like I said, the damage was done. So when I was over Detail D's house, Kevin called. I don't know what made him call. It's like Kevin could feel my energy. I could feel him. I don't know. I I would always know when Kevin was close, when he was somewhere around. And it was the same way with me because literally that was my twin flame. I've never loved a man 
more than I love Kevin. And I'm just keeping it real. I didn't know what a twin flame was until actually he came into my life. And I really, really, really understood what a twin flame was then. So anyway, I guess he felt my energy over a detailed deed over his friend's house. And but he didn't know I was there. And he don't he didn't know what he was about to expose and how he felt about me. Because he didn't know his friend had the phone on speaker. <coughs> Excuse my coughing. So anyway. He didn't know his friend had this phone off speaker. Well, I heard Kevin tell D, I don't know where this came from. All of a sudden he tells D, he said, I hate her. I'm listening. She's the worst bitch in the world. She's the worst bitch and I hope she dies. I hope she dies. He said he wished death on me. He uh, he wanted me to lose everything I had. He hated me so bad. I lost everything I had. I lost my car. I lost everything. I even lost my mind because of everything that I went through. I had a nervous breakdown. He wished everything bad that he could upon me. And you know, and this is just my truth. I'm not gonna act like life is all peaches and cream. And nah, sometimes we got some some days in which only God delivers us from some of the stuff that we go through. He wished everything upon me, but I'm listening to him. I hope she dies. She the witch, worst bitch in the world. I feel like getting her jumped. I feel like doing this. I hope she just everything that he wished upon me except I'm still standing. It wasn't my time to die. You understand? But I lost my car. I uh, couldn't focus on my job. I quit my job. I became homeless, like, from pillar to post, basically. I didn't have anywhere to go then or whatever. But when I heard Kevin say that, I broke out and I started crying. And he heard me. He knew it was me. And he started crying and he asked D, why did you do that? Why, why, why would you let her do that? He said, I'm sorry. He apologized. He was just crying and I was crying my little heart out and he was crying his heart out too. And um, he hung up and his friend said, I've never heard Kevin cry like that for anybody. And he said, to be honest with you, I've never seen Kevin come by here with the same woman in the car. Like you and him was always together. He would always have a different woman in the car with him all the time. And he said, for that to happen, I know that Kevin had to be in love with you. Well, I'm thinking it was over after Kevin did that to me, right? Around June, um, June, in June, Reggie died May, so in June, no, this happened maybe some weeks later, like in June, um, I started feeling like some weird energy around me. It was like the friends that I knew and that I was hanging around, I was hanging out with a friend named Tony at the time. Tony started acting really, really strange. He was acting weird and just doing some weird shit, just acting real crazy. Even when I would go visit my husband that I'm divorced from now, he was acting strange. It was like, I was like, no, I I started feeling like I was in the twilight zone, right? I was like, no, 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 no. Maybe I'm just, my mind is like, uh, it's just like, I need a break. That's what they want you to believe, that you're cracking up. So if you have a weakness, you went through something, you could even have an addiction, whatever a weakness is, and they can play upon it, what they will do to make themselves 
to justify themselves and why they're publicly humiliating you, gang stalking you, and they're gaslighting you. Gaslighting means that they, um, whatever you're insecure about, they will make you, um, you'll start like looking on your phone, you'll start tripping like, nah, it looks like your phone is like even trying to humiliate you. And it seems weird, but it really, really happens. Um, this is how much they get off in your energetic field. Well, what happened with me, I couldn't believe it and I didn't have anyone to talk to. So I would try to talk to myself because I talk to myself, that's how I process things out. And basically I'm talking to God because God, you know, you worship him in spirit and truth, right? So I'm talking to God. I'm like, God, I can't believe I'm going through this. I'm talking to myself when I'm doing this, right? Okay. So I'm like, I can't believe I'm going through this. Because if I was to tell anyone, they'd be like, oh, no, you need to leave the booze. You need to leave the drugs, something, whatever you're doing. You need to leave it alone. It's not, it's, or you need to go get some help. You cracking up over the, the death. What's going on? This is the thing that <laughs> your friends, family, whoever, they're going to think that maybe you, you're, 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 <laughs> you're emotionally, you need to go get some help. You see what I'm saying? But what gang stalking is, is if you are depressed, if you are going through something, what they do, they try to intensify that emotion even more. Like if you easily get depressed, they're going to try to put you all the way in a deep, dark depression. If you're insecure, they're going to try to make you feel more insecure about your teeth, whatever it is, whatever. I mean, it could be the simplest thing as if they don't like the the color of your shoes or they don't like the shoes you wear anything and and they know that you're a sensitive person about maybe your shoes and they know that it can set you off like in a make you depressed or make you angry even if you get angry they want a reaction from you so if you get sad if you get angry they want you to respond back to them and this is what they do see they're crazy so what they're doing is they're secretly coming against you however they're doing it like some and you know technology is really really advanced these days right they can come up you know you can get spy devices and I'm just keeping it real it sounds strange it sounds like maybe um a spy movie conspiracy no this is facts people actually go through this and they go out of their way to make people feel more insecure they go out of their way to make people feel depressed they go out of their way to make people angry they go out of their way if like say for instance I like talking to myself right they'll go out of their self way to make you know to make sure that I'm talking to myself even more and then if say for instance like they have cameras and you know they can put cameras in anything they want just keep it real we're living in a day and age where technology has advanced in all kind of ways so nothing is impossible and they'll be like well who is she talking to she crazy. She on Sherm. She's on this. They'll lie. They'll say you on different things. It'll make you look like you're a raving lunatic and other people are sitting back looking while you're being judged, but not knowing at the same time while they're judging you, they're telling lies on you. And it's it, public judgment. Public humiliation is to make you seem like you are are the worst of the worst. You're the worst person in the world. You're the worst man in the world. You're the worst woman in the world. And you're not worthy to be in the community you live in. Basically, you're not worthy to... They even go out of their way. If they know where you work at, they'll follow you to your work. They'll even have your co-workers participating in it. And do you know, actually, it's a saying, the love of money is the root to all evil. People will turn on you. If they get compensated and they pay them enough, a person will turn their back and, 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 and lie on you and make you feel uncomfortable even in the workplace. It, 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 it's, it's like um, some underground activity. It is really, really diabolical. It's very evil. And you've got to be in low vibration to want to hurt someone and gang stalk them. You know what I mean? And they don't know how traumatic it can be on an individual. And everyone is not strong to bring themselves back 
into the headspace in which they need to be to vibrate in a higher frequency. They try to take them all the way down and they make them feel less than. And see, the thing is, when this happened to me, Kevin, come to find out, Kevin did this to me. He even went out his way. He knew I was homeless then. So he loved that I lost my car. He he was the one, because I had paid so much money for my car. It was like they couldn't come out and just repossess it. Kevin went out his way to put my car off of the charger off status that it was on, right? And I just keep sh- stuff real. So I'm, I'm not going to lie about nothing. So anyway, he went, took my car. It was in the charge off status where that means... I would just have to go get it. You know, my payments lowered and they was going to work it off. Kevin made sure I wasn't getting anything worked off. Baby, he made sure that they came out and took my car. So when I called the lender, I said, well, how did they get my car? He said, your car wasn't on the repo list. Someone was persistent about us coming and pick it up. When Kevin got my car, repo, it became a repossession when they came and picked it up. It went from charge off to repossession. So when they came and picked up my car, it was so embarrassing. Let me tell you how Kevin did me. He waited until I was working. I was at work on my job, and it was at a gas station. I worked at a gas station. I was a um, customer service, but on that day, I was I inside or was I outside? I was going, getting ready to go on my break, getting ready to get in my car. And my boss came, Yvette, is somebody here for you? It was the repo man came in there. You come and get your car. This is how they came at me. They come in to get your car. No discrepancy, no nothing. Everything was loud. And he allowed me to get my things out of my car because all my stuff was in my car as I was homeless. As I said, didn't have, you know, I'm going here, going there, just, you know, just trying to balance. And I had a job and I was still homeless. So you could be homeless and have a full-time job because I work six days a week. Let me tell you, because in California, baby, it's kind of expensive out here. But, you know, I thank God for everything I went to. So anyway, getting back to being humiliated, come to pick up your car, customers in the gas station. Um, um, my, 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 face, my face is flushed by then. I'm humiliated. I just, I felt like I could have went through the floor. So I know Kevin was somewhere tickled pink and he was loving the fact that he had so much control over me that the first step was getting my car repossessed. Okay. After that, it puts me at a disadvantage. I'm on the bus. The Uber it becomes expensive. So I'm really, really here and there. And I basically didn't have nowhere to go. So I'm back back and forth from motel when I get paid. I'm paying my money here and there for motel rooms. Oh, he made sure that I was like really, really like at the bottom. He wanted me to take me down so bad until he didn't really care if I went and say, for instance, I was like really devastated of everything that happened to me. Cause you know, some people can't handle a lot of stress. You know what I mean? So you gotta be careful who you try to pick and gang stalk. You don't know what you can do to a man or a woman. You don't know how much that person can handle. Only God can. So how dare people to sit back and place public judgment on a person and you don't know this man or woman and these sometimes these are strangers that are coming against you you're going by what a person tells you but you don't feel have you set to think about asking that person that you want to humiliate if they really deserve public judgment or not you're placing judgment on them because of what someone else tells you and because of your selfish desires to make someone else suffer and to see the pain that they go through and the torment that you put them through you think that's right and you're doing wrong and I say that anyone that goes out of their way to hurt a person you have to be that little boy or that little girl that I was talking about that can call a child to kill themselves and children do commit suicide. That child, you're like that child that goes to school and torments that little boy, a little girl every day. And you, you grow up, children grow up to be broken adults. If you don't handle the brokenness inside of you as a child, it doesn't go anywhere. It gets worse and it gets more toxic. You not only, if you don't identify it and you don't get help, and they don't get help for that child, 
and, and, and know that this child is very broken and they're toxic and they're trying to lash out at people and cause other people pain because of something they're going through. Well, let me tell you, that toxicity is going to get worse and it gets worse and it gets worse the older you get. So these individuals that can go around and sit in low vibration and you can sit back and you can cause pain upon a person and you are not God. This is God's world to judge us and you can place judgment on a person and you getting your kicks out of it and you don't know if it's the truth or not because things can get edited things are meant to get cut off people want to sit back and make people look stupid it's big money into gang stalking it gets deeper than that let me tell you the politics of gang stalking it's not only that it becomes financial greed and gain that these people get and i mean these are people that you would never expect to sit back and like be involved in gang stalking. So Kevin got involved, I guess, with um, the community of Inglewood, California, because I live in Inglewood, California, and he did his thing in Inglewood, California. He's from Inglewood, California as well. So whatever, I don't know if the female that Kevin was involved with or whoever, but whatever it was, somebody paid Kevin. Kevin sold, basically sold his soul when he sold me down the drain. He sold his soul to sell me out for for them to torment me. And what this game was that they did, I guess they lied to people that they put this game, you know, that everyone that was involved in Inglewood, California, even strangers came against me. Okay, let me tell you how bad it is. Like, these men and women that are doing this, you you think that they're professional people. You wouldn't expect them to do this. They have on business suits. These same men and women that I'm seeing that are in gang stalking, these are the same boys and girls that were toxic. So for every man and woman that has ever been involved in gang stalking and you think that is justifiable, no, you're that broken child. You're that broken boy. You're that broken girl that turned, that became a man or became a woman. Each and every person, if they want to do something, they're sitting back and they're blaming that person, placing public judgment on it, on them, what they need to do. And I'm keeping it real. Take that hand and them fingers and that same tongue that they speak on that person against, take that finger and turn it back on themselves. Look in the mirror so you can get a real good look at yourself. No, you're that toxic boy and girl that feels like you can hurt others and you can get your kicks out of doing this. And it's a sick, sick thing that it's more broken people in a community than not. Because let me tell you something. For you to sit back and see a man or a woman have to be aggravated from the torment in which you cause and and you think that they deserve and you getting your kicks out of it with your low vibrational energy. And if people, you know, if you have, sometimes people are not even aware that they're gang stalked. But let me tell you, if your energetic level and your vibrational force is at a different level, you know when you're being stalked. You know when they're doing things like with me, they would um, um, like put their hand to their ass like I stink or whatever. You know what I mean? And put candy bars like I smell like shit. I'm keeping it real. I smell like shit. I smell like this. I was bald headed. I was this. I was the worst. Excuse my French. And I'm just, and this is just the way they made me felt. I was the worst trashy bitch in this world. Everything that, that I was insecure about, oh, fucked up teeth, your this, your that, oh, fat bitch, or, uh, um, ugly bitch or sorry bitch or worthless bitch everything that maybe I felt about myself and this is at one time that I didn't love me like I do now I was broken I was broken I was a broken me I allowed people to hurt me without fighting back I allowed people to make me feel insecure and I felt like I was less than them I didn't feel pretty enough I didn't feel uh um loved enough. You know why I didn't feel loved enough? Because I didn't identify the fact that I needed to start loving myself more. Well, anyway, as when I 
I was real broken and they put me in a dark spot. I didn't have anyone to talk to. I didn't have anywhere to go. I would even call Inglewood Police Department. It got so bad. They was messing with my head to make me think that, you know, like this is how gang stalking works. And it, you sound so crazy. People think that you done lost your damn mind. They will put things in your head. They'll say, different stuff and I'm just going to keep it real how they got to me and it made me real paranoid um these are strange people that Kevin now Kevin did this he went out of his way to pay these people in Inglewood California he was actually literally stalking me and I'm homeless he was stalking me through people I knew and people like in my family he was paying them and they thought that they were doing me a favor because this is how they came at him. Oh, you're playing a game. You're in a game of competition. Don't let her know though. So they was paying them. So everybody liked this secrecy and I was like the public enemy of Inglewood, California. Everyone going against me and I kid you not like professional people that are supposed to be in positions where they help you. I went to the police department. I was asking them, Inglewood Police Department, I told them that I'm being gang stalked. And they said, well, maybe you should leave the drugs alone. Maybe you should do this. They start judging me automatically, making me feel like I was just like um, a bad person. You know how they came to the conclusion? Because people were calling. If she comes down there, she's on drugs. She's crazy. This is how gang stalking works. She's crazy. Don't believe her. But it's not only one that's doing it. It's like a, um, it's like a group of them. Oh, yeah, don't do it. You know what I mean? She's like the troubled person in the building that we live in, the troubled neighbor or whatever. But they're not telling you what they're doing to this person. They send these people through sheer hell. And everyone that has been gang stalked, you're designed to look like um, you're, you're losing your mind, basically. And they and and their their main object is to tear you down. Now, the only thing I'm going to tell you with gang stalking it's designed to either it's good. Some people will commit suicide because everyone can't take that kind of consistent pressure when they're already in such a low vibrational energy and you sink in them already like in a dark hole and they can't find their way out because the hole is already dark. You understand what I'm saying? That's how it feels. And you have to be a strong person to overcome gang stalking. And even though you're able to identify, you may even know who's doing doing it. Because after a while, you're going to start seeing the people. You're going to start recognizing the things in which they try to make you feel bad about. And to the world and to other people, with gang stalking, it's like a group of them. And what their main object is to make you look like you have lost your damn mind. They're crazy. They're cracking up. And people will start believing that you actually <laughs> have lost your mind. And you really have been real the whole time. See, because people don't know how to stand up for themselves when they become a victim sometimes of gang stalking. And at first, I became weak. I was those men and women that... um felt like I was sinking in that dark hole. At one time, I felt like I wanted to kill myself too, but thank God I'm still here standing. See, sometimes gang stalking people commit suicide. I already told you, the children, You, if you go on Facebook, if you go online, you'll see where children have committed suicide. Um, these are little children, like nine, 10 years old. They have killed themselves. One little girl hung herself. Another one, they, 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 and the, these children are killing themselves in ways in which children should never have that idea of wanting to commit suicide. When you know, when 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 a, when a, when, a, when a person, when a child, another child, a toxic child can send a child down in a low vibrational state, and that child kills themselves because they don't have anywhere to turn. And I I I get it. And they have adults just like that, that don't know how to stand up for themselves. And all they do is they become a victim. They become their prey. And all they're doing everywhere they go, it's no peace of mind. Everyone seems to be stalking them. And they are. 
people will sell you down the drain for money. It's a big old game. It's a big old game and it's a big game. It's money into gang stalking. And I'm telling you, I went through it and I have to talk about it because it's some man, it's some woman, it's some person that you know. We all know a person that has been a victim of someone's toxic behavior before. Maybe we, one of us could have been like that. You know, understand what I'm saying? And we could have been that toxic person that made someone sink in that dark space. But if you're like that, you have to learn how to control that that, that negative part of you because some people don't know how to, um, the one that you're putting this pain upon, some people don't know how to um, shake that pain. And when it takes them in the dark place, sometimes it'll put them in such a dark place in which they can't find their way out. And the only thing that they can think about is killing themselves to free their mind, to free them from the pain, to free them from the embarrassment in which they're going through. And they feel like it's their fault. Everyone's making them feel like it's your fault. It's your fault. This, that, and the other. They make you feel less than as if you're not even good to blend in with society and to even walk down your street or even to go in the store. You can't even be like a normal person in the community because this one person, all it takes is one person and they get connected up with another group of evil people and they do this diabolical thing to people. They destroy lives. And if you're not a strong person, let me tell you, It's only two things that can happen. You could lose your mind even more and you really will become crazy because you have nobody to talk to and you might start feeling, well, you know what? Maybe I am crazy. And another thing, um, and this is on the negative side, you commit suicide. Now on the positive note, if you're strong, And even though it's very painful, you're going to cry many days. You're going to cry many nights because you're not going to you're not going to even believe your eyes when you find out like even the ones that you thought were very close to you. Even your next door neighbors can be guilty of gang stalking you. It's real. I went through it. I'm still going through it, but it's it's not like it was. You know what I mean? It's not like it was. And yes, I'm going to talk about it because this is what's happening in reality today. And I feel like with gang stalking, you got to be a sick individual to sit back and just try to make a person feel some type of way. It has to be identified. And we that care about the human race and care about people that don't know how to stand up for themselves. And we need to be a group of people to be less judgmental. When someone tells you, oh, that person is crazy, he's crazy, or she's crazy, or that little boy, that little girl, they don't know who to go to and talk to. They feel like they're, 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 um, their back is against the wall. And they sink down in this dark hole and they don't know how to find their way out. We need to take a stand as a group of people. I mean, if you care, you know what I mean? You have to have a caring heart, a compassionate heart. Take a stand and let people know in these communities, in these little underground rooms or whatever they do, these dark rooms, I call them dark rooms, where they do all these evil things and they want to place judgment on people. And then when they go up out of it and they send in comments and trying to embarrass people, they even send it to their families. This, I mean, they, they, they spare no mercy. So when they do things like this, we need to take a stand and come together and let people know that it's not acceptable because it's a lot of men and women and children that are losing their lives and they're committing a suicide because they can't find their way out from gang stalking. Gang stalking, if you're the one that, um, not being gang stalked, and if you're the one looking at it, it's very painful. And I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. 
it's a very painful thing and it almost feels like you're in the twilight zone. So could you imagine a child going through it? They cannot begin to process and they can't explain like adults can. And sometimes adults, they don't even really know how to explain the pain that they're going through. So the only escape, escape mechanism that they think of is to relieve themselves and that's by way of suicide. And if not, they become so secluded. They isolate themselves from them from the community. They isolate themselves from their families and they go off into a deep dark depression. Of course you're going to think that they have a mental illness and when they're being gang stalked, they're being gaslit and it is very wrong. And how this happens to a person, it's from someone that you know. See, 